Hello and welcome. I am Caleb Ferris. I'm Candy Parker. And I'm Greg Osborne. And this is Action Surge, a podcast where hungover heroes and depressed demons alike can listen to us sages give shitty opinions on all things D&D. Each week we will discuss different aspects of D&D from character creation and world development to the ridiculous antics we have gotten away with in our own campaigns. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing our own D&D origin stories, as well as the one thing that you need to think about before we even start playing D&D, which is character creation. So, let's begin. So guys, who wants to start off with talking about their own origin story when it comes to how we were introduced to the tabletop RPG Dungeons & Dragons? Well, Caleb, you go first. <laughs> I vote Caleb. I Caleb, vote Caleb. Okay. Caleb, okay, sure, uh, yeah. introduce us. Okay, so it all began less than two years ago. Uh, honestly, I'm <laughs> relatively new to D&D, surprisingly, considering it like envelops so much of my life. Uh, it all started off with my, I've always, I've always I've heard of it and I knew a couple of my friends played it, but I was never really like into it. There's still that stigma, but it never, that stigma never really affected me because I'm a huge nerd, but I was just never really introduced to it until my, my best friend uh, showed me Critical Role. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. It's kind of weird that it's just a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors sitting around playing Dungeons & Dragons. But soon, whenever I uh, moved back to Austria, I was in a very small town uh, in the middle of nowhere with not a lot to do besides teach. And so I started watching more and more of it uh, to the point where I just got hooked and I had to play a campaign. And uh, then I started off in a campaign with that same best friend as the DM and then they're like the rest is kind of history. So how did you like grow to understand the mechanics and like the player? Like, did you have to learn all that by yourself or were you? Uh, very slowly. It's a mix of um, really, I didn't own a book of D&D until you actually bought me one. Uh, I learned most of my mechanics from like online tidbits and and like, believe it or not, YouTube, <laughs> right? I mean, it's a, it's a vessel for learning. So. I mean, it's absolutely a vessel for learning. I mean, you can take apart an engine just because of some dude named Mike on on uh, <laughs> on YouTube uh, shows you how. That's true. Uh, have literally done that on a Vespa, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then just slowly just learning from the books and from like the vibe at the table. So, who who was your first character? My very first character is a character that I'm still playing today. Uh, and his name is Emil Grimm. So Emil was a traditional German name, and then Grimm, also, believe it or not, traditional German name. Sure. And uh, he's just this, guess what, Wood Elf Ranger, because I'm a simp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a hunter ranger, no beast master, uh, with a very thick German accent, uh, who is very much this, this professional. Like, I've seen lots of death, um, but I'm not going to be mean about it. I just... Mm -hmm. uh, very a little mean about it. <laughs> a little mean, but like in a German sense of where it's very matter to the matter of fact to where it's going to be rude. <laughs> I like, very I understand your question. Could you please repeat it? <laughs> I think you understand that bounty hunting is a complicated profession, right? <laughs> I'm sure there's a German word for that that's very long and hard to pronounce. But, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> well, I can talk about mine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, there, I mean, I think in everybody's life, there's always... A little, uh, little tidbits of D and D that that sneak in there. You know, when you find out one of your friends in high school has played a session with 
their friends and you're like, wow, that's so nerdy. How could you play D&D? That's crazy. And mm. you think that it's just fictional people playing, like fighting a dragon or whatever. And then... Which um, is awesome. Which is, you know, now I think is fun and cool. But then, you know, when I was like a young, awkward, um, just wanting to be cool teen, I did not think that it was something that anyone to do on my side. But then whenever I was in college, I had a boyfriend that played D&D weekly with his friends. And I think he had asked me to play a few times. And I was like, no, that's pretty nerdy. Uh, my friends, if they find out, would give me endless shit for it. So probably won't. And then eventually I was talked into doing it. And I played one session and I don't remember the character that I played. It was some girl and the DM had like made a character sheet for me and was just like, here's your character because I know you don't know how to build it. And, you know, and just gave me the character sheet and like pretty much walked me through any time I had to do any kind of interaction or action or do anything. He was like, okay, basically you just need to like maybe swing your sword or like uh, this person's going to talk to you. What would you say? And it was super weird and awkward because I didn't know anybody at the table except for my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, okay, but you know, I didn't really like enjoy it too much. But yeah, and then I didn't play again until after we started dating Caleb. And then I think we had played a few sessions in various capacities at different like at the game store or other sessions. And then I actually started to like understand what I was like, creating and that it was this like long-term game that you play with your friends and it's like actually like pretty fun and you can be imagine like you can have be creative and have an imagination and like it's not like it is nerdy but it's okay it's okay to be nerdy so I, I grew into I grew into liking it but originally it was a very nerdy activity that 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 you're afraid to admit that you did one time <laughs> So. That, that now we do all, all the, the time. time all the time like at least three times a week <laughs> <laughs> that's actually how i introduce myself to people hi i'm greg i'm a nerd <laughs> just right off the bat you should know this about me i might talk about dragons uh for a little bit and if you express any interest in dragons then i we will have a longer conversation <laughs> much much longer you should although, take a seat although we, we talk about fighting dragons like all the time because it's a stereotypical thing to talk about when talking about dungeons and dragons but like i can count the like the number of times on my hands that i've actually gone through a dungeon or fought a dragon <laughs> while playing dungeons and dragons on the same hand <laughs> on the same hand yeah, i think the session that we played literally this week is yeah. the first time i've fought an actual dragon yeah. yeah and um i've been in two dungeons yeah and in two different campaigns one was in your campaign yeah. <laughs> and the yeah my my uh my experience is like completely different uh, well why don't so, you walk us through that yeah, walk so uh when i was 11 years old in the misty dawn of time 1980 uh wow. i was in, yeah i was in i was in middle school Man, at the and, birth of the, the logos yes yes yeah 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 for the audience out there you can go ahead and get out your calculators and figure out how old i am um i uh I didn't know very many people at the middle school and I, I met this guy and he was really nice. And he was like, Hey, you know, over lunch, we, uh, we play a game. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like dodgeball. He's like, <laughs> no, 
Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, never heard of it. <laughs> so uh, we sat down. He, he pulled out this box. And on the cover had this red dragon. I was like, oh, this, this is kind of cool. And he turned the box lid over and took out some dice. And he's like, okay, we're going to roll you up a character. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but cool. And, uh, you know, for anybody who played Advanced Dungeons Dragons or Second Ed, uh, you know that, like, the Paladin had these, like, stupid high stats requirements. Like, you had to have a 17 Charisma and a 17 Strength, I think. I don't know, it was a gazillion years ago. But, <laughs> but, but you know, and he's like, okay, roll these 3d6 six times. <laughs> write, the, write the numbers down. I'm like, okay. And I rolled it, and he's like, oh, my, oh, my God. Oh my God, your characters would be so awesome. Oh my God, your characters. And he was so pumped about it that I got super pumped about yeah. it. He's like, nobody ever gets to play a paladin. You're going to get to play a paladin. I was like, I'm not going to get to play a paladin. I don't know what a paladin is. Oh, yeah. so you couldn't like choose what character you're going to play oh, before I, you rolled or? I, I'm sure I could have, but, um, but no, I mean, if you didn't have, <laughs> if you didn't roll the, the high enough stats, you, you couldn't, you quote air quotes right you could, could not could yeah. not play that character I mean, it's similar in 5e now like there's, there's a 13 strength requirement which is not much to, no, to play paladin no, now, you know but. and and you know points by they, they make it a lot easier now for inclusivity of every class and race and you know i think that's that's awesome but at the but when i started that was not the case but you know here i am coming off this high i felt like i'd, you know, I'd won the lotto and mm -hmm. you know and so i i made my first character who i'm like okay so what do I do now? Like, give him a name. I'm like, okay, Gary. Like, no, no. <laughs> give him like a, you know, a cool name, like Lord of the Rings name. I'm like, uh, and so, you know, without missing a beat, my friend hands me his copy of the Hobbit. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, that everyone has on hand. Right. Who doesn't, who doesn't, yeah. who, who wins? What cool kid in sixth grade doesn't walk around with their own copy of the Hobbit. Uh -huh. And so he like, you know, thumbs through and I, I, I like, Pulled the name Balin out. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Be Balin the Paladin. And, uh, you know, and, and that was, this was the eight. No, we didn't have, you know, cool Roll20 graphics or, you know, LED TVs that you've put a grid on. None of that cool stuff. Uh, we, <laughs> we had Ralpartha miniatures and graph paper. <laughs> and it, it was, it was dungeon crawl. Uh -huh. I mean, the whole you know, world was one the, giant. The dungeon. whole world was one giant. I don't think. I don't think we ever left a dungeon. <laughs> you know, you'd walk up the stairs into another dungeon. It was just dungeon. Um, and you know, you kick in the door and you kill the monster and you take the loot and it was right. super murder hobo and you know mm -hmm. that there wasn't a lot of uh, moral nuance at that time. And it, and but it was enough. I, I I was hooked and you know and so I've played. D&D &D for the spanning 40 years it's it's been awesome mm -hmm. you know and you know I, I hear you guys you're like I've never crawled dungeons or fight dragons I'm like oh yeah I've, I've, done, I've done that a few times <laughs> <laughs> with a very blank thousand yard stare you know you're like oh I have <laughs> I have felled dragons and crawled through the mistiest dungeons you could ever imagine <laughs> yes yes very yeah. true so, you know, and I guess once I started game mastering or, or DMing, it, it, uh, 
it was all over for me. I was like, oh yeah, this is yeah, this is this is it. This is good. Right. So, so how soon after you started playing did you start DMing? You know, honestly, a long time. So I think the, the kind of the chronology was, you know, I started playing. I got myself the basic box with the red dragon on the front, and then I got the AD and books. You know, the player's handbook with the guy crawling in the statue, popping the gem eye out, sure. and the ifrit on the front of the dungeon master's guide mm-hmm. and the, you know, the super salacious uh monster manual with that i had to hide so my mom wouldn't see that there were pictures of boobies in it yes. um, <laughs> you know oh my gosh the mermaid has boobies yeah. you know uh, what? yeah what um so uh, we, we played together and you know it wasn't when we were all kids so it wasn't quite as regimented mm-hmm. as it became later as i you know when i got to college started playing in a more regular game and and that's when i started running i think was when i was in college Mm -hmm. and it was just like oh yeah this is this is pretty cool um not that i didn't you know i also played quite a lot too i think Mm -hmm. you know some of my favorite characters uh came from that time do you still communicate with the people that you originally played with oh yeah oh yeah oh that's awesome yeah yeah my the, the guy that introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons is my best friend who lives in Wisconsin. We, oh, we, cool. we talk all the time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Does he still play D anD D, or has he walked away from that? Life? He he's walked away from that life. He's really? you know, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. He. Some people sadly grow up. Well, not Air quotes. Yeah, quotations grow up. Yeah. Well, that's really. I think I find it really interesting that like people start playing this game at such a young age. But, like, I mean, it's a game. We certainly didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I didn't start playing until I was, you know. Until I was already a man. 20, 22, I guess, is when I started consistently playing. But, like, we, like, the the nuances and the everything that you have to learn is just so complex. Oh. And, like, how to understand how your character can interact with other characters and all the components that you do. And I don't even understand like half of the stuff that I do now. And to be like <laughs> yeah. in the sixth grade, like mastering all of that. And like, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And, and that was a dark time. That was back when armor classes went into negative numbers and we had FACO, which is two hit armor class. Wow. Faco. I don't even know it's, what that is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It was a really difficult way of calculating whether or not you hit. They've made it so easy. Uh-huh. And I think starting fourth edition is when they got rid of Thacko. But yeah, or third maybe. I think it might have been 3.5. Yeah. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've played all of them. They blur together. So what's your favorite, like, character that you've created? Oh man! Or does it depend on like the version that you? I feel, like, I feel like that's a very dangerous question. Can't See, you? well, I mean, there's always no, a memorable a great, one. It's a great question. I mean, I I love Aldemar that I played in the game oh, yeah. that, that yeah. when I played together. Mm-hmm. Um, love that character. That was a great character. Um, yeah, I really actually I really liked Aldemar. I remember the first time I sat at the table with Greg. Um, I came in as just this this very obvious like like print from like an anime I used to watch. And was just like this buff ass strong swordsman that I came in, and there was another buff ass strong swordsman. He was casting spells, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! <laughs> We're gonna save the party together." Yeah, yeah. Anyways, in that session, three characters died, uh, <laughs> but not us. Not us. No, we were beefy boys. Yeah. Uh, 
Shout out to Natural 20s getting you up with one hit point. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> oh, man. Never happened to me. Maybe one day. Maybe one day you'll live a life of glory. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to play characters in the background so they don't ever have to go down. <laughs> Except for the one character that I do play that's up front, she goes down frequently. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so say famous last words. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to stay in the back so I don't get hit. Well, guess what? <laughs> Except for uh-huh. the one character that I play that does get hit and uh, frequently goes down. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the teleporting enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah good times. Yeah. yeah. So great. Yeah. Um, so, so essentially, we're all new except for Greg. Like, yeah. re- relatively speaking, <laughs> yeah. relatively speaking, Greg is a literal wizard and sage, uh, <laughs> and and we but, are the uh, depressed demons. Yeah, we are depressed demons, and he is the hungover hero uh, <laughs> of this podcast. Yeah. But um, he's level twenty. We're like four, maybe. Three? Oh, that's. No, like level two. Oh, okay. Like we haven't even picked our archetypes yet, except for you know, yeah. for like sorcerer. Well, let me be level ten so that I've got a lot more. Okay, you Gross. can be. How about, I, I how want, about 12? I want, I want sure, sure. Okay. I, I just want, no, I want. How about level 11? So he gets his third attack. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, I like and it. And his, his other features as and, well. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to talk about uh, making your own origin story, right? The most important part of playing D&D, which is, you know, making your own character. Um, talk about tips and tricks, things that you should maybe, maybe should not do. Um, and how we go about character creation for whenever mm-hmm. we start campaigns or start DMing. Yeah. Ooh, Caleb, tell, tell us, how, what's, your, what's your process? My process for yeah. creating a yeah. character to play with is, uh, first and foremost, folks, is what the hell do you want to play? Like, how do you want to be cool or uncool, right? Um, and my <laughs> thought process with making my very first character was, yeah, I want to shoot things, and I want to be elvish, and I want to be awesome. Right, I want to be Legolas, like no joke. I want to be like all these Archer characters that you see in like all these high fantasy movies, uh, anime, Marvel, you name it. Harry Potter. Sure. Those archers and Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> I, want, I wanted. I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be death from above. I wanted to reach out and touch people, and they not even see me coming. Uh, I wanted to be a toolbox. I wanted to do lots of things. And so I picked the ranger. So oh, do, and and for do. some of you guys out there, ranger is in fact a valid class. <laughs> oh. he's, he's very sensitive about that. You can, you can direct all the hate mail to Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> Actually, please do at him. <laughs> uh, but like, what um, do you want to play and who do you want to play? Because often like who you want to be, who you want to play can be expressed through multiple different classes, right? But, um, which, you know, there's this sort of toxic uh, notion within, like, D&D that, uh, oh, no, your class is your personality. Whereas, like, is completely not true whatsoever. Like, your background, for, like, all intents and purposes, is way more important than your class ever will be. Uh, when it comes to creating meaningful characters, right? So, what is, like, do you tend towards... Uh, spellcasters, like martial classes, range classes, like how do you, uh, do you like to mix it up? Do you like to have an even like coding of characters that you've played or? I think mix, like mixing up, of course, is the obvious option there where it's like you want to keep things interesting, but I don't know what it is. I just love martial classes. So it's simple and it's very much like, yeah, I'm going to be the bruiser that I grew up watching on TV, right? I want to take the damage and give it back. Do, do you like playing 
one class all the way through to 20, or do you prefer multi-classing? That's also a hot subject that you can talk about where some people are like, like, oh, if you do all the way to 20, you're a fool, right? You're a fool and a knave. Do not talk to me again, <laughs> which is where I'm at the thing level where it's like, you know, it's like, well, you know, what if there's cool features at level 20 that I yeah. want to get to? Um, yeah. It does get really complicated, you know, once you get to those higher things. Everyone has a thousand features that the DM has to contend with. Yeah. And, you know, I get that it's not um, appealing for some people to have to create a, uh, like, session to deal with six level 20 characters that seems really hard i've never played a level 20 character and i want to so i don't care what the dm has to say you have to survive first <laughs> i would love to like continue a character all the way to a very high level but i don't think i've ever played higher than like 11 honestly but like what's what do you go through whenever you think about creating a character First, I probably think of, I think I think of the class that I want to play. And I I like, I love spellcasters. I think the only time I've ever played something that isn't a spellcaster is when I played a monk for like a side campaign that we had yeah. one time. But I, I always love playing like clerics, paladins, just a lot of spells, a lot of stuff to keep track of. I love playing like people that do damage far away because i also don't like getting hurt um so <laughs> but like i've played a fighter um is that your true fantasy is hurting people without them being able to hurt you back <laughs> <laughs> no i think just being able to use magic is my true fantasy <laughs> but yes secret pain <laughs> um i tend to gravitate towards classes that have spells and classes that are more ranged but you know that comes with the caveat of like you you tend to do a little less damage as a distance spellcaster at a lower level i don't know compared to like oh no definitely you're super weak yeah. <laughs> as a spellcaster uh, before you get to like around level eight ish yeah, yeah when you can start like packing on the like we could start getting some weird upper shit. upper level spells <laughs> yeah. but yeah i mean i tend towards like doing those I, I mean i tend towards classes that can do spell casting so how do you how do you decide what kind of character i mean you know what um, what what's your decision making process when you're when you're sitting down you're like okay i'm gonna play in this game and um i think i i i don't like to do like repeat characters or like play a character like play a class that i've played recently so like if i did like cleric warlock uh like monk or something like maybe i would switch to a different type of spellcaster like druid or or even like ranger or something that i haven't played those but we do in fact have spells yes. yeah and so like i think i'm always like but but spells <laughs> 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 but i want to cast spells and so i tend to like uh, I try not to like play multiple classes uh, back to back or like the same class back to back. So I like to switch it up and play different things and learn how to play different characters. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes you just want to play a fighter. Yeah. So sometimes you just wake up in the morning and you're like, I really, really need to hit things in my mind with my buddies. But then you're like, but but Eldridge Knight, they can <laughs> cast spells too. <laughs> oh, both is good. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, like, Greg, what's your process? You know, um, well, first I like to talk to the game master um, and find out what what kind of game we're playing and 
so the like I said, the first thing I like to do is, is uh, talk to the DM, find out kind of what game we're playing, and you know what the what the setting is because that will kind of spark my imagination. Mm-hmm. And I pull from all sorts of things: yeah. entertainment, movies, books, uh, anime. Doesn't matter. Uh, and I, I usually something that I am currently consuming media wise will spark my sure spark my thing you know mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's just you know a, a direct reaction to what i played last so like the the character before the character i'm playing now was this big armored wizard you know who carried a great sword and you know he scary and intimidating so i was like well this next guy i want to play is an absolute coward like <laughs> you know <laughs> if there's combat there's a good chance he will just run away. And yeah. that's, you know, that, that's awesome. I'm like, okay, well, what, what can I do with that? And so, and, and then I, I look to the rule set and try to kind of figure out what I want to do within the rule set that kind of matches up to my, my character idea. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really have necessarily a, a favorite class, I think, but I do, I do really like multi-class for some reason. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, I, I really like that. I feel like and, I'm afraid of it. Like I feel like, I'm like <laughs> I feel like I won't do it right, or I uh, like won't understand how well, it works. Well, let's then, have a let's have an episode about multiclass okay. at some point in the future because that's that. And you that's can tell me how it works. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's super fun. I mean, no, it is it is an intimidating process, and like mm-hmm. people can understand, especially for spellcasters as well. It can get a little confuzzled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think that you know because it's a game. I think you know there, there's definitely the group of people out there who are like, well, you know. You have to find all the synergies and make it min max, and you do that's that's cool, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, there's also something kind of deeply satisfying about playing things that are just weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that like I think that I it, I am not opposed to multiclassing. I think that like it has to be within like it has to be natural for that character. It yeah. has to make sense for that character to become. It, to become like to train another class like i play a, a warlock in a game and she has like a fey patron and she's been really getting into the fey patron thing and i'm like well i've been thinking that like maybe i might uh like multi-class into druid but i am not sure if i even have like like experienced it enough for that to make sense as a character choice but like yeah for me, it definitely has to make sense, like as a character choice, not as like a min max kind of. Yeah, you know, I, like, I think I think when you're going to do something like that, I think that it's super important to discuss that with your your DM, yeah, like upfront and quickly, um, because you know they're the ones that are kind of driving the plot narrative to a certain extent, yeah, you know, and and if you're like, well, you know, I got this warlock this fey warlock and I, I think maybe i'd like to kind of dip into to druid then they can start putting more mm-hmm. uh more druid type content in front of you yeah to to interact with you know even as like an npc somebody that you can you can mm-hmm. meet and talk with and and be like oh well now narratively it makes sense for me yeah. to to do that yeah. you know but if they don't know that you know, you're never going to see that yeah I, I once I started creating characters like on my own, you know, at, at first it was kind of like 
people were helping me kind of develop a character. Like, I don't know how to create a backstory. I don't know how to like pick something that's going to make sense for this character. And then once I kind of started doing it on my own, I was kind of like, well, this character is like, I pick the class and like the background and then I form a background to go with it. And then like, sometimes I just like, oh, well, uh, I kind of want to create like Wonder Woman. <laughs> and then, so I just like uh, create a name that's like based off of you know like a Greek name, and then and then like create you know a community that is based off of like maternal like warriors or that's something. Awesome. And yeah. then no, like I, yeah, I I just want to create Wonder Woman or something like that. So yeah, I think it's also just important, and you could talk about this forever as well, and we probably eventually will. Is is that it is so important too that like that. Um, when you think about what kind of character you want to play, as I said earlier, you know, your class doesn't have to express that. You can express that in so many different ways in so many different classes, but multi-classing can help with your character development. It can say, my my character is growing in this way, and I think this class and this specific multi-class will show that off best, mm -hmm. mechanically, Yeah, at least. Yeah, ironically, my coward, who I started off as a rogue scout, you know, so that he could run away, um, has in in the in Caleb's campaign has uh, ended up taking a dip in fighter because uh, it just made sense. You yeah. Know, in the, oh, you leveled into a fighter. I, I did. Okay. You know, uh, because I'm starting to tinker around with these mm -hmm. newfangled firearms. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. That's not arms on fire. It's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, a different spell. Different Gun. spell. <laughs> Guns, people. Guns. It's firearms. It's my yeah. wand of boomstick. Yeah. yeah backstory is really important to me and that like a, a build makes sense uh, i'm creating a uh spellcaster like how their spellcasting abilities fit into their past is important to me and uh something that like makes sense like if i'm creating a fighter my fighter just doesn't have these abilities that don't make sense for a regular human to have or whatever it's like you know creating a backstory that explains why my character is the way that it is is <laughs> why are you the way you are <laughs> uh trauma <laughs> <laughs> always the trauma trauma yeah. Yeah. although there's something also really really satisfying about playing the character that is like I came from a well-adjusted family. Oh yeah, uh, no, oh, I love playing sense. characters with, with um, my parents really love me. I get happy. a lot of hugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's one of those one of those things too. Is like if anyone here has trauma, which everybody has trauma to a certain extent, but there's a lot of people here that will tell you, you know, trauma is is not a personality trait. No, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's right. Not. Yeah, I love creating characters that just have happy loving families like <laughs> waiting for them to come home and or, or even extremely average ones like yeah, yeah uh, my parents got divorced whenever i moved out um and sometimes i have to have two christmases they're uh, dentists uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad has like a landscaping company yeah. on the side so uh. yeah yeah i love i love creating like i love dynamic backstories but i i just like I, I don't like creating, you know, trauma that doesn't need to be there, but, you know, sometimes it's fun to... I mean, sure, no. Like, I mean, it's also pulling to have, be like, yeah. my family was killed. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first character that I really developed, I just developed based off of my own life, which was like, uh, my parents are, you know, happily together to just kind of do whatever they want. I have a sister that's 
or I think in that character it was like a twin ASMR, yeah. but it was like, you know, we're just like happy just doing our, whatever we're doing, you know, one's over there, one's over there. We all, you know, come together once a year for the, the Harvest Festival. So, so, and, so, I'm Agmar Darkbane and I would like you to introduce you to Carol and Doug, my parents. <laughs> I'm really and, angsty. And this is Morgoth, the Slayer. He is my older brother. <laughs> But our dog's name is Pepper. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. He's a Westland ter- Terrier. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love creating a backstory. I think that's a really fun thing to do. And I love seeing that evolve uh, throughout a campaign. So how do you decide uh, like what race you're going to play with your characters? Or is it kind of natural? Or well, Again, that's an important part of your story development. Who do you want to play? And of course, as we said, always, always, always talk with your DM mm-hmm. about the setting and what's kosher and what's not. Um, I think I will preface this with that there is a very like concurrent conversation going on right now about the concept of race, not only within D&D, but within our, of the nation. And I would just like to put out there right away as you know, a social scientist and a, and a historian, race does not exist. As it a, is it as is a, a cons as a like a biological feature for isolating human differences. It exists in the sense that it's a social construct. Yeah, and that like we decide how uh, race is meaningful as people, but like biologically, there's no biological like footing um, so, for race. Right, but in Dungeons Dragons, you know. Uh, Obviously, a warforged is, is, is species different than <laughs> than a dwarf or an yeah. elf, you know. And and you know, and it's also a product of its time, right? Right. We, right. we, we talked about this before uh, that you know it's it is a matter of how you play at your table. Um, if you're super comfortable playing, you know, orcs are an evil race, and they're all evil except for the maybe one or two exceptions mm-hmm. that you know. Gary at the table wants to play an orc. Yeah. Cool. He's... Or they're all like they're all like stormtroopers, and they aren't humans. They like they don't they don't have a play a part to play. Right. They don't have individual <clears throat> agency. They don't get to make decisions for themselves. I you know I I like I said that's that's the D and started with. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm very familiar with that. I prefer more nuance in my games now mm-hmm. <clears throat> because you know I feel like I've grown as a player. Greg's gotten fancy. I've got. I'm, I, he I, demands I'm nuance extra. now. I'm extra. <laughs> <laughs> you want nuance and acceptance at the table. You want depth. <laughs> this is this is this is my work friend Tiffany. She's a. Uh, she's quite a bitch. <laughs> she, she's awful, but she's the best. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, it, I, 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 it's as a you know, cis white old guy it's you know it's it's, what's your gender old guy (laughs) i i don't invalidate anybody else's choice and so that's i guess what i'm saying is it's super important at session zero to sit down and kind of hammer these things out whether you're talking player consent which i'm sure we're going to discuss in detail yeah uh, in future in future um or you know what what is you know what's our take on on races Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think all of those things are super important. Yeah, uh, but but it's also great because it defines the world. And like I yeah. said, every every table is different. D and D D and D is the is the common game, but every table is different. 
Yeah. I, so I am an archaeologist by day and uh, <laughs> I, she, she is Batman by night. <laughs> and, uh, I was at a conference one time and I went and saw a speaker that wrote a paper about Dungeons and Dragons and how it represents, like how you can, um, apply archaeology within the game, and he was talking about how. Are we going to have to cite this later? Um, I don't. If I find him, I will link it in the comments. Okay, perfect. But um, so he was just talking about how, like in Dungeons and Dragons, you have a chance to alter people's perception of the world that we live in, and that like you don't have to play a game where your players are raiding, destroying artifacts, um, you know, being racist, things like that. Like looting bodies. And and you can address all of that in a way that's meaningful, that helps your players not and yourself learn about struggles that people have going through, people in the past have been going through, and you don't have to perpetuate this idea that this is how Dungeons and Dragons has to be. You create a game that is inclusive, that everyone wants to play, and that makes everyone feel welcome and, and enjoying enjoying their experience. Which which reminds me of a campaign that I played probably fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm maybe 20 years ago. It, it's been a hot minute. Um, and a good friend of mine, beautiful guy, just salt of the earth, really, really compassionate guy. I was running this game. He came up and he was like, I want to play a race of self. I was like, you want to play a race of self? He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, like a Vietnam vet kind of guy who's mm-hmm. come back from the war. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he has a very limited worldview mm-hmm. about these other races. I'm like, you know, in this world, like, you know, orcs aren't evil necessarily. He's like, yeah, yeah, but he doesn't think that way. I was like, oh, okay, brilliant, go with it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was a discussion that we had, and you know, and I, what I found really interesting about because he's he was not a racist guy at all. But what I found really interesting about this was that you know, in in playing this character, he was able to kind of explore that space of you know the the other side of the coin. You know, that's not, that's not his, that wasn't his day-to-day life for Mm -hmm. sure, but he was able to explore and say, you know, this is where this person is. This is why they're here. This is their, their thought process. And what I thought was great was, you know, over, over the arc of the campaign, the character grew and kind of came to realize that, you know, maybe I was eating the propaganda a little too much. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not all. Oh my gosh, I've done terrible things. Yeah. And, you know, and there was a real cathartic growth moment there for that character. And it was, it was awesome. really, it yeah. was, it was great role play. And, you know, and so, you know, sometimes, you know, and I'm not going to lie, my knee jerk reaction on that when he came up and said, I want to play a racist self, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's so many ways this could go wrong. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I trust you. Yes, it's, yeah, That's and good. it's important to be sensitive to things like that because if you didn't trust him and and you didn't know him, and someone can, and is like, I want to play this character, and and they just did, and that's just gonna, that could make everyone at the table uncomfortable. So it's a very hard 
like decision to make. And it's really nice that he came to you and you talked about it beforehand. That well, was like, yeah, I, I mean, want this character. I want to create this character. And, and actually we, we, we talked to, we, we, the entire table talked about it. Yeah. I was like, okay, Shane wants to play this character. He wants to play a racist elf. And you know, some people were like, oh, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. And he kind of explained the concept and, and finally, some people grudgingly, but everybody agreed. Okay, all right, you know. Yeah, if it doesn't we'll work, we can it. always kill him off. <laughs> <laughs> A solution that's not open today, every day uh, world, but in D and D, totally plausible. Yeah, and so. yeah, and I think that whenever you're creating a world and creating a character, that session zero is vital to to hashing out what everybody's going to play, you know, making sure that people aren't going to feel like their toes are being stepped on whenever they are creating a character that they want to play. And also that like everyone is comfortable and happy because at the end of the day, it's a game. And if someone's going to be uncomfortable, then we can change something to make it work. And like guys, uh, I'll say this a million times. If you're not comfortable at the table and it's not being fixed, walk away. Oh yeah. Do, do not play a game that you go, that you go, uh, I'm not really looking forward to it tonight. Just do, don't. It's Just, a wa- it's a waste of you and everybody else's time. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I will say this as a longtime forever DM. I, I'm actually not DMing anything right now, which is amazing. Wow. But, uh, you know, my, my role quite often was forever DM. And uh, I'll say this too. As a DM, if the table you're playing for, if you're like, oh, this isn't a good fit, mm-hmm. you'll just know it. You know, you're like, oh, man, these guys are doing things. Oh, I'm super uncomfortable with this. Just bow out. Hey, guys, look, I've been thinking about this. I am really not feeling where this campaign is going. Um, I propose that, you know, John or Larry uh, sideline their character, move up to the Game Master slot and take over this game. And I'm just going to bow out because I just... I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do this. You know, if, if one person's feeling it, likely other people are feeling it and it's okay. Things and feelings typically aren't isolated. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that creating a character that you want to play, that's going to be fun for you to play, but also, you know, fits in a, in the world and fits because you're going to be playing with other actual real people and that you don't want to like play a character that's going to really hard to get along with. (laughs) And that just like, doesn't make sense for that person to be in this party. Like if you're playing a character that's, uh, I don't know, completely evil, hates people, hates, you know, like dogs and stuff. (laughs) And like, it doesn't make sense for them to be a part of a party. Then like, uh, sorry, man, I don't know what to tell you. If your character wouldn't like hang out with party with other party members at a tavern and doesn't want to see them, doesn't want to hang out with them and only wants to like do something else. Then like, maybe your character should go do that and we can create a different character for you. Go play play a video game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think uh, that's all the time we have today. I think we're going to wrap it up. But uh, thank you all for uh, sitting in on our our deep and sometimes terrible conversation. (laughs) And uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you all next time. Bye.